0: All right, we are set for another episode of the Georgia Podcast, Rich Castle along us alongside my buddy Michael Moore. Uh, what's it looking like on your side of the table over there today? Oh, It is shiny and sunny, just like
1: every Buckhead day <laughs> right. is, man. I mean, you it's can't a, get any better than this.
0: I don't know where, the, where you're seeing the sun, but yeah, I'll take your word for that, yeah. That concludes our weather report, which we normally don't do. That's why we don't do it. All right, so we've got a great show lined up here t- on this episode. we got uh, David Feldman. Uh, David, uh, what's it look like on your side of the table over there?
2: Well, I see a tie covered in Christmas ornaments. So (laughs) that's bright and shiny. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, it is
0: pouring outside, no doubt. Uh, And that's David Feldman, uh, the voice and the man, the myth behind the legend of Three Owl. So, seventeen seconds or less. What's a teaser before we launch off the show here? What do you guys do over there?
2: Uh, So we're a full service creative agency. We find the intersection between beautiful visual identity and really powerful technology. So the teaser is: you can get cookies shipped anywhere across the country. because of a project we did.
0: And speaking of cookies, we're going to be talking about that and and more. And uh, more. All things on
3: the Georgia Podcast. Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios. Offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit GlobalPodcastStudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. All right, all right. we got a great one here for you today. Michael Moore in the
0: studio alongside myself, Rich Casanova. And uh, as we mentioned, David Feldman is joining us. He's the founder and creative director at 3AL. We're going to find out how that all came about, uh, why there's 3ALs or who knows. It's a brand, web, and content agency that creates nimble uh, identities, elegant technologies, and beautiful tools that equip clients for success. I think that's... um, that's well said. I don't know who wrote that, uh, yeah, but
1: that. <laughs> there must be a creative <laughs> agency there that has a great copywriter, and uh, he probably engaged them to do that, to get us here today. Boy.
0: Yeah, the agency well. dude in the studio, we need to talk to him off air or whatever to uh, help us with us. So, so David, um, before we jump into what you guys do on a regular basis and what's next, what cooking and the cookie story, uh, you also were involved in a really cool event here at Land Tech Village. Before all that, 3AL, what's the deal with 3AL, as Jerry Seinfeld would say, yeah?
2: Yeah, so Three Owl, I started about five years ago, and the, and the journey started when I graduated in 2008, which was the worst year ever to graduate. Amen. <laughs> hey, exactly. hey, Why did you do had that? Had that. Had you had a, yeah, yeah, should have stayed yeah. in college. should have, You
0: stood one of those skip years, what do they call it? Yeah. Uh, leap years. Yeah, should no, have <laughs>
2: <move, should> leap <laughs> right, right over that to one. to Europe and back <laughs> to right, <yeah>. 2012. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I did get one job offer, worked a corporate marketing job, which was you know, I was lucky to get, but I think... Four or five months into it, I realized the corporate life wasn't for me as I looked down the hallway and said, two years, I'll be in that office, four years in that. and 10 years, that corner office could be mine. Um, So I, I left the company... Uh, about five months in, and then the recession wow. happened. I don't think there's causation there, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll fact check that later, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> um, so I uh, went to go work for my dad, actually, just trying to figure it out. And he um, had a clinical research company, pharmaceutical research, that needed some branding help and some marketing help. So it was a good opportunity for me to roll up my sleeves, work with a small business. Um, and then in that time, I was going to stay there for you know six months, and then three years later, I'm still there. Um, looking to get an MBA, but also had an opportunity to go work in Russia. My family's from Russia. I speak Russian, so I got to open up an office in Russia and actually build my first website in Russian. Whoa, Um, that's crazy. So I remember talking to an agency there, trying to place a banner ad on a Russian website for (laughs) pulmonary clinical research, but it was a great experience. But having all that downtime there as well, I did a lot of education, so... Learn how to build websites, learn more about marketing, automation, uh, linked up with a photographer there and learn more about photography and videography. So that really set me on my path. Um, And then as I was as I came back, I was applying to go to business school and I also had a few clients on the side Um, and it was just enough to pay the rent. And I remember that moment where I had to send the email to the client saying, hey, I'm actually going to go get an MBA I couldn't send the email, so I said I'm going to give myself a year and see see where this takes me, and you know here we are. So, wow, wow. Uh,
0: now um, hit this point again. You're talking about your dad and the development of the um, you rebranded as ABR Alliance Biomedical Research, which was a good call ABR, uh, but it's now Vitalink. Uh, What was the history there?
2: Sure. So, you know, it's funny how clinical research has become a big part of my professional story. You just never know. Right. Um, But he ended up actually, it was a network of offices. They sold it to private equity, and we pitched to become their agency. So they actually became this real client of ours, and it started with a naming project. Right. Um, we started by creating the name Vitalink. Um, there are now nine offices across the southeast. Wow. Um, but they've been great because we got to build an entire patient rec- recruitment platform for them, really build their brand from the ground up, and really manage um, having multiple offices come together under under one roof. So it's a really fascinating project. We're still working with them now and really have measured great results, and it's been this you know full circle of almost 10 yeah. years with them.
0: And also, rewind, I'm not hearing the Russian accent, so I'm going <laughs> <If>, to...
2: If I <laughs> spoke Russian, you hear my English accent.
0: <laughs> okay, good. That's interesting. Uh, we may do a Russian podcast. Uh, have you host that one right for us? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Just stop so, you off in Moscow, and we'll turn left. Yeah. So three Al. So uh, how did you come up with that name? What, there must be a story behind? Because what's three owl?
2: Sure. So I was David Feldman Media for the okay. first year, and I remember on a conference call saying, "Hey, this is David Feldman, founder of David Feldman Media." And I'm like, "Ooh, that name is yeah. not going to work." Right. Yeah. Um, I always liked owls, and it was not about the wise part of owls—is right. owl seeing in the dark—and that's something I that always tell our clients. There's so much we know that you don't know that we can help you with. Um, okay. So it's really illuminating that path, um, especially working in technology. There's so much that's happening behind the scenes. So this metaphor of seeing in the dark has become a big part. Uh, of three owl and then, but, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so our pillars, we have three pillars: were fierce, sharp, and light. So fiercely curious, sharp because we care about education, and light because we have a lot of fun. So the name Three Owl came from there.
0: Nothing to do with the dark web, then. Uh, yeah,
2: I think the dark <laughs> web might have not been around <laughs> when we started. Okay, so good. Can, yeah, yeah. Um, and fact, you're not
0: responsible for that either. Fact, fact check, check that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We got a lot of homework to do here, Michael.
1: <laughs> oh, that, that we do. So the owls. I was going. Yeah, they see in the dark. That's cool. But they also hunt in the dark.
2: They do. And they also, um, our logo, actually, if you look at it, it's a three. And if you turn it sideways, it's an owl. Whoa. As we were doing some ornithology and saw that owls can turn their head. Almost. All oh, yeah. So that's actually where the it, where the actual logo came from was studying birds.
0: And you can't go wrong with Wise either, yeah.
1: Well, I I like the idea your first account was rebranding David Feldman Media. Oh,
2: it had
0: to happen. (laughs)
1: It sounds like that was a success to me. I'm all (laughs) in on this rebranding. Your
0: dads and your own family members you're going to rebrand? Yeah. yeah, Some cousins you're going to adopt or something? Yeah. Okay, so now on a day to day basis, um, you know, some projects that uh, y'all take on. What what do those look like? I mean, you've worked with the likes of Mellor Mushroom, uh, Emory University. I mean, now drop some other names or projects, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, we work with uh Mac, Great American Cookie Company. We work with universities in the Georgia College system, as well as almost every music venue in town, um, which wow. is a lot of fun and a lot of free concerts. Um, <laughs> well, it,
1: it helps because you're a musician, too, right?
2: It does, and we'll talk more about it. I have a uh, music nonprofit that I was a founding yeah. member of that actually became a nonprofit last year, so that's a very exciting story in and of itself. So
1: that's still a lot of, a lot of branding differences in process. I mean, obviously, this time you spent figuring out your life, getting out of a major corporation into doing specialty projects, which is really what small businesses do, and and you do some great specialty projects. So give us some of those stories about some of those really... What normally would be a 12-page white paper, break it down to, you know, <laughs> 30 seconds.
2: You know what? We just wrote a 12-page white paper. So <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this this, been, this yeah. is getting weird <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i right, in the room <laughs> taking pictures of me right now.
0: This is getting weird. I'm going to step outside for a minute, yeah.
2: Um, no, I think a fun project to talk about because it's so relevant is a project we did for Great American Cookie Company. Yeah. Um, you know, big fan of what they do, and they approached us in August with an initiative to start an e-commerce platform. About when? Um, yeah. <laughs> don't mention the right. timeline
0: because yeah that could get us all in trouble yeah.
2: um, and, well, I will mention the timeline okay. but they you know, essentially said look we've got you know TIFF's treats insomnia cookies they're, they're reading the trends mm-hmm. um, folks well, are shipping cookies across the country they all their cookies are fresh baked in store mm-hmm. but they don't bake At their plant, and they said, We want to start baking in our plant and shipping cookies across the country. Uh, And they made the right strategic decision to launch it around the holiday season, um, which put us at an ideal launch date of November 1st. And we said, Look, we can do it. Um, So, with that project, we just had to have every unknown already known. It's it's the seeing in the dark piece. Oh, so
1: you don't mean November 20th of 2020? You mean 2019. (laughs) You can go online right now.
2: Yeah, send cookies anywhere in the country. That's crazy. So, most people would
1: take a year to do that. And you did it, how many did no, now? We,
2: we did it in 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Um, and you know, we started, they were right. They started with one product with five variations, but we knew that we had to connect a lot of systems. We also knew that they had a plant where we had to send all the data so they knew how, how many pounds of cookie dough. Um, so they, you know, they set up the plant, hired the team, so we were able to. Uh, connected inventory management system in the first 48 hours I interviewed a bunch of inter- inventory management companies sure. actually built a test site to make sure wow. all the data worked um, so we actually had two extra weeks of testing so we got it done in about eight weeks wow. The last two weeks we did all the test orders and it's uh, you know it's it's been well. a successful launch and we're, we're really looking forward to expanding it in 2020
0: did yeah. you mention insomnia cookies is that what I heard or what did you say
2: insomnia yeah they're one of the you know one of the leaders in a cookie delivery so just as we're looking at trends they're definitely one of them so
0: you're gonna order chocolate
1: chip cookies at night when you can't sleep okay i've yeah. never, I've never <laughs> understood that a cookie
0: to go to sleep with or
2: oh lunch. i think it's a cookie to stay awake with
0: a oh, stay awake okay i gotcha all right so um uh so you also um some other projects you've worked with and well let's, let's talk about your team behind it right let's give some shout outs to some of the people that make up uh 3 and their roles and all that good stuff yeah
2: yeah, so we have we have a design team, we have a development team, we have a strategy team. Okay. Um, all of us do strategy together, but really our intersection is making things look really good, having a good story behind them, and then finding the technology to support that. Because we, we see so, so much of that siloed, where an right. agency will work with a great branding agency, and then... The project's kind of done, and then you have to find your next agency to build your website, then the next one to actually report on the results and figure out your growth plan. Um, so being small, we do all of that in-house and right. really lean on the technology. And really, I love to learn, you know, what are your daily processes that are repeating? What databases do you have that we can connect to your site? And we doing more of that, we've actually been able to measure results in both ROI, but also hours saved by the company.
0: I, I mean, that's a, that's a key principle. Um, uh, principle right there, a unique selling proposition if you will, right? Because as you mentioned, if it's getting passed around to different entities, unrelated companies not only gets diluted but the communication can break down and, and then they want to retool it and put their own mark
2: on it, mm-hmm. right? If You keep that all internal, I mean that's That's a pretty cool thing, right?
1: One-stop shop means something to success for the customer, I'm sure.
2: It really does. And when we're working on someone's brand, we're going to use it. When we work on the visual identity, we're going to be the ones to use it. So when we're thinking about setting ourselves up for success, it sets the client up for even more success.
0: So, I mean, how does that make you guys different as this creative business hub uh, versus, you know, an agency, say New York, Austin, that kind of thing?
2: Sure. So we're small and I, I'm, I'm proud. We're, we're a 10 person team. We have yeah. three developers, then we have seven on our, on our core team at the okay. office. Um, so we're different because. Every every client gets our creative team. Um, and I get asked by clients, hey, like you guys don't have 100 people. Right. Are you going to be able to handle this? And I said, look, you do not want 100 creatives in the room. <laughs> right? Exactly, right. That's a good point. You'll never get that <laughs> one. It, it just that, that, that's a 10-year project, <laughs> right? A yeah. Camel
1: or an elephant every time. Every
2: <laughs> time, Yep. Yeah. So I think that part's important. Our clients all get the white glove treatment. Um, being smaller, we also are very lucky where we get to really say yes and no to which clients we want to work with. Um, And then they also get access to leadership. You know, I'm one phone call away. Our director of strategy is one phone call away. So, we, you know, we really get to know our clients well. Um, And then, you know, every project's important.
0: Speaking of leadership, so you had some uh, recent events that uh, put your brand a little bit more on the map and uh, your presence here in Atlanta and the markets beyond. Talk to us about you just recently did a, um, uh, you were the facilitator moderator for a panel event at Atlanta Tech Village. And that was uh, Open Atlanta?
2: Yeah, this was it was an event um just uh just last weekend. We had Jesse Itzler as the opening speaker who was incredible. Um so I helped put together the panel. We had some other panelists already already there. Um but but essentially it was how to make 2020 your best year ever and okay. it was, you know, the personal brand and the, and the uh, you know the business brand. Um, and it was it was interesting because the you know, the Peloton ad just came out, <laughs> Exactly. so right. I thought you know what I'm just going to start off with some controversy and ask all okay. these panelists, hey, you know what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, but you know we had a lot of great conversations about digital trends and how we used to be mobile first and now we're really just mobile only. Yeah, um, so you know talking about h- how we can succeed uh, next year, just looking at you know how to future proof and think about trends that are coming up. What was
0: some of the? Uh, that's an interesting topic, very timely. What was some of the? Um, the input on the Peloton ad, you know, uh, was the guy at fault, and and it's interesting. This this blown up. This is over actors. They're not real people, right? You know. Did well, you see the
2: Ryan Reynolds ad? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that 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 really captured <laughs> right, it. Right.
0: So it's almost like not that they did it intentional, but look, we're having a conversation about that brand, right? If it was just a, a generic ad. I mean, there's two sides to that story, right?
2: Yeah. I and, mean, you know, what I loved was one of the panelists is actually has her own personal fitness brand and she was one of Forbes 30 under 30. So I couldn't wait to hear her opinion. Yeah, um, And you know, I agreed with what she said. Um, if they opened up the ad with just a little bit of a backstory, yeah, Um, saying this is what the wife wanted or yeah. versus just really, really putting it on the husband. So I, I thought that was just a bit of a miss, but yeah. you know, something that I think about Peloton really most of the brands we work with, we're, we're always aspirational. So yeah. Peloton is a very aspirational brand. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, people have these, you know, beautiful, you know, lofts up in the valley right, right. where they're cycling. But that's really what it's all about is aspiration. So I thought that it could have been tweaked. But look, we're all talking about it, uh-huh, and yeah. I think you know that stock price is going to be a short term drop. But right. I, you know, I think that because I think it was unintentional, how much right, it's become exactly. a yeah, part yeah. of the collective yeah. conscience. But um, we are talking about it, and I do think that you know, their their next ads, they will be more thoughtful and have their learnings from it. But it certainly didn't hurt the company.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not at all. And it's funny, I saw some people, you know, kind of tracking down the paparazzi of this, this dude, he's like, it's just an, I was just an actor in a bit, you know, it's just another gig for him. Um, So in addition, so so what were some of the takeaways or observations from that uh, event? I mean, uh, so it was basically all on on, a branding digital, right?
2: Yeah. And you know, my big, big question and this came up throughout the entire conference was all about authenticity. Okay, uh, We're in this age of likes and shares um, right. to the point where Instagram's actually hiding likes. Um, so my questions worry, well, what does it mean to be authentic in 2020? Every single brand is trying to claim authenticity. Uh, and so much of that is actually looking at your story and basing it in your real truth It's looking at your culture and Not in a way that it's, you know, written down on paper, but what are the shared values of the company? So, you know, as you are being authentic versus, you know, sitting down in a conference room and just figuring it out, it's actually looking and seeing, you know, what what shared values do you have? Where did the company get started? Why did the company start to truly be authentic? Um, Because I actually found a statistic that looking at social media uh, consumer complaints – more complaints are about perceived uh, distrust and authenticity than a bad product experience. So it's more important than ever mm-hmm. uh, to be authentic, but to actually start the process right in defining authenticity. Well,
0: and you mentioned like uh, social media, uh, this, this, this idea of so many followers, but you mentioned uh, yourself as in a leadership role. We need more leaders than, you know, the emphasis on followers. Um, uh, we, we want to remind our listeners, you're listening to the uh, Georgia podcast on the pro business channel networks here in our Buckhead studio. We're having a great conversation with the uh, founder, CEO, chief of everything at uh three Al, And uh, that's David Feldman and alongside Michael Moore here. Um, so, uh, and you can check out um, everything that you guys are doing over there. A good point of contact would be uh, the the number 3al.agency, right? That's three right. 3al.agency. And then uh, you're across all the social medias as we mentioned, as well as on LinkedIn. All right, so in our next segment here is we're um, uh, moving forward. So talk to us about um, well, some other um, some good leadership. So you were fe- recently featured in Forbes. How did that come about, and what's the uh, the story there?
2: So, So the article in Forbes is – why branding takes so long and why it's worth the wait which okay. was such an easy article to put together because i have that conversation with almost every client and right. i've been having it for years um and i finally just wanted to actually put that into writing and we have we have a great pr team uh, shout out to rhino media yeah uh who helped get us connected <laughs> uh, they helped get us connected to forbes yeah. um and they said hey what what's the first piece you want to write and I've written it. I just look through my emails, look through just notes I've had. I've had all the pieces to it, you know, but essentially I'll come to a client and we're potentially pitching a branding project. And, you know, you got folks like 99 designs where you get a really good logo, Uh, but, you know, thinking holistically, I mean, getting back to like, Hey, what's authentic to your brand? Um, Why does the process take so long? So, my whole point is, there's so much that happens before pen hits the paper. It's it's the research, it's it's stakeholder alignment, and making sure there's alignment within the team, um, and then understanding what the, what the competitive market looks like, and also how to future proof. Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in ten years? Are we setting you up for success? That's not going to get accomplished by pretty logo. So that's really you know, the first you know few months of a branding project before we even put pen to paper. And hey, it's going to look beautiful. The language will be right, but get, getting getting all that research done and that alignment is critical.
0: And uh, before we move to uh, this the topic of the nonprofit that you're um, behind, as well as what's next, uh, talk to us about, you're also a guest lecturer at Emory and the New School, Atlanta. I mean, what, is, what subject matter, or how does that come about, or whatever?
2: Yeah, something I love about our agency is that I think at this point, every person has lectured at their alma mater. Okay, um, yeah. I've got um, four GSU grads who actually went back and did, or actually five, who went back and did a panel at Georgia oh, State, which I thought was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, so... With Gazueta Business School, I come back at least once a year to talk about uh, marketing and branding. I've been you know, building my own case study around the Casper brand. We did not do their branding, but I've been following them for a couple of years, um, and then I will also do workshops with all the students. They usually are in a marketing competition, so they'll come to my office and I'll help them with their presentations. Um, The new school actually um, is a high school in Atlanta. One of my good friends actually founded a high school. That's crazy. um, And I was lucky to be (laughs) uh, one of the founding faculty members and help build that very first curriculum, so I'll always come back there. They're a um, a city-as-a-classroom type of um, institute. So They're very entrepreneurship-based. They love learning from people in Atlanta, so... Um, We actually had their students over at our office last week, and our director of strategy, Brandon Malcolm, did a naming workshop with them as they were working on their own brands.
0: That's awesome. And was that tied in the General Assembly Mm -hmm. as well, or that's another um – Uh, venue that you do some work with at or Uh, i have
2: uh i have spoken at general assembly before as well i i'm all about education i people ask me hey you're training your competition and there's enough work to go around and i when i hire i want to hire people who are smarter than me and better better at specific things than i am and that's how i've successfully grown the company so if i'm educating younger folks i'm basically teaching them what i wish i had access to when i was in high school
1: you can compress that time cycle. I suppose So now you have some other. You know, how do you find time for hobbies? I understand you have something well, well more than a hobby. Talk about music a little bit.
2: Yeah. So I, I majored in music and in business. So now the, that's a
1: dual degree, right? They, yeah. The Only one ever given at Emory, maybe.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'd be curious. Again, let's fact check that. Fact check that. We well. yeah. It. yeah. Put
0: that on the list. Um, yeah.
2: So I, I knew that I had to do something in the arts, and I, you know, when I graduated initially, I, you know, did. Did some session guitar work, and you know, my mom is a musician. Said, "Don't go into music; you're not going to pay the bills."
1: (laughs) I'll be paying the bills for you. Exactly.
2: Yeah. No, there were threats. They pull me out of college when I did that, but nonetheless, I in 2010 I went to. What was the fourth or fifth show for an organization called ATL Collective? Okay. Uh, the idea was to cover a classic album start to finish, bring in all local artists so you had audience members discover their new favorite artists by singing their old favorite songs. Wow. Um, and they had just started. It was, you know, um, just an idea at that point. I remember. Approaching the founder, saying, "I think this is the coolest thing happening in the city. How can I get involved? Do You have a brand, a logo, and they were, you know, it was it was really yeah. almost day one. Back, back of a grocery bag, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were they were really. Uh, it's funny they they were doing they covered like a." Uh, Johnny Cash's Live at Folsom Prison. Oh, and they, wow. They, they had that plus prison food, so they cut up pieces of cardboard and put you know grits and you know, grits of food on there, <laughs> so it felt like a... So it, it was very homegrown, um, but you know, I joined in 2010 and really got to build my creative community and music community through that, and it was not about playing music. Um, it was really about helping bring musicians together, um, and in that time, I really saw how ATL Collective could connect to other organizations in the city, so um i connected them to delta and we actually got to do a show in delta's uh in delta's flight museum whoa in the airplane hangar which that's was a, that's a uh, trip acoustics yeah. in there it, would be it,
0: insane right it,
2: it was it was a lot of work to get it to sound good but it was beautiful you know we were performing next to 737 jet we had this you know huge band you know we had a great budget to put together a dream show we covered stevie wonder's songs in the key of life which oh, was an wow. epic album in yeah. and of itself um we performed with atlanta history center we performed with monday night brewing so we've, we've built all these really great connections but we also what's amazing is looking back over a decade we've i think there was one time we took a month off we've done over a hundred records we've had oh close to a thousand musicians perform with us and it was a for-profit just because we didn't have the time and resources to actually build the nonprofit. profit right but as we were looking back last year we realized we poured a quarter of a million dollars back into the music community over the last three years we've had Bands form who have met here. We're truly building mm-hmm. a true music community. Oh. Um, so being so mission driven, we uh, we connected with um, we connected with someone who actually helped us become a nonprofit. Work with Georgia Lawyers for the Arts. So 2019 is actually our first year operating oh, wow. as a nonprofit. Congratulations.
1: So you have open 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 mic on the backside. Really, you get you get local people to perform all the back background cover music. Cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's all it's all local. And every time I bring my friends to a show, they say, "There's no way these are all Atlanta musicians. So they're, they're all Atlanta. We've got, they're,
0: they're under the covers, right? So yeah. there's so much talent here. I mean, music, television, uh, film. So the nonprofit, what does what does that look like then? What's their mission? Um,
2: yeah, so we realized the mission is all about the musicians, providing them resources, providing them education, providing them audiences, and, you know, oh, okay. of course, you know, the Atlantans and fans get to benefit, Right. Um, but as we become nonprofit, we realize we need to give back more, so we're doing educational events and panels, and next year there's going to be a songwriter workshop, so really just creating this community and support system for musicians. Well, i yeah, got some
0: venues for you when you get to that step. Yeah, because a lot of schools now are having that challenge of uh, they're taking music and arts out of the schools, and it's, it's really unfortunate, because there's so much that can be learned and uh carry carry through their life uh okay so we got a couple minutes left um so what's next what's cooking uh what's some big picture ideas any scoop you can give us yeah
2: yeah so we actually uh started an initiative this year where we take one nonprofit and do a pro bono rebrand project so oh, wow. was, of course atl collective this year yeah um, no surprise it's going to be the new school next year okay uh th- those projects they're, they're really meaningful to our team um we love Atlanta and we're truly an Atlanta agency. So we love working with local companies, especially ones that make such an impact on the, on the city might not necessarily have the budget to tell their story, but we want to tell it to its fullest potential. Um, So doing, doing more projects like that, working with more Atlanta companies, and then the other side of that is continuing to future-proof and look at technology. We're working with a big restaurant data company in New York City um, and doing more work with them and continuing to help restaurants you know, battle this online ordering battle. Um, yeah. you know, if you're a restaurant, you don't want people to order from Uber Eats, you want them to order from from your own app, from your own site. So continuing to really look at bleeding edge technology there and do more integrations for our restaurant clients.
0: Well, David, it was a pleasure having you here as a guest on the Georgia Podcast. Uh, once again, how would people uh, find you online, website, social media, social security number, credit card, debit, PIN, whatever you want to give out, home address, yeah.
2: It's, it's all on the, the dark web. Um, so uh, 3owl.agency is our URL. If you want to email us, it's hello at threeowl.agency. Same handle for Instagram and Facebook, and you can find me, David Feldman, on LinkedIn.
0: All right. And we just found you here on the Pro Business Channel. So we'll uh, look forward to our next episode. Again, on behalf of uh, Michael Moore, Rich Casanova, uh, thank you to our guest and uh, tune in next time.
3: On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios. Offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs. Coworking, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.